This special video presentation of what women and other wonderful humans want is presented by Dating Kinky, built by kinksters for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. In its fourth season of presenting personalities as their authentic selves, this is What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky, the official podcast of FetishCon. It's an intimate conversation with people inside the kink and fetish worlds, as well as other educators and sex-positive personalities sharing their stories of what makes them who they are. And now, here is your host, John, or as they are known in the kink and fetish communities. Hi there, Catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and to our listeners, welcome. It's been a long time since we've had this guest on our podcast, 170 episodes to be exact. You have to go way back to episode number 22 for the last time that we interviewed this wonderful woman. She was able to open up our eyes to what cuckolding is, and now she's taken that explanation and created a whole new way to bring people together. This conversation will be full of some very, very important conversations within it. And I hope you will enjoy our visit with an amazing woman. Venus is the host and producer of the Venus Cuckoldress podcast. Through her work, she emphasizes the beauty and complexity of cuckolding the incredible worth of an adoring cuckold partner, and most importantly, she shows women that they really can have it all. Venus is also the founder of Venus Connections, a one-of-a-kind private matchmaking service for singles who are looking for loving cuckolding relationships or female-led relationships. Venus, our guest, on what women and other wonderful humans want. And as always, we start with the first five, five questions about first for Venus. First time you ever had a podcast, were you nervous going into it? Oh my God. <laughs> Isn't everybody? <laughs> okay. So the very first time that I was on a podcast, because that happened a whole bunch before I had my own podcast. I was a guest on people's shows. And I remember the very first time I was like, oh, my God, I can't do this. I thought I was going to throw up. I was so, so nervous that I think I had to have a glass of wine or something before before I went on there. I was just like, and then and then there's the thing of listening to your own voice. Oh, my God. I was like, no, I immediately just turned it off. I'm like, no, no, can't listen to that. <laughs> And apparently everybody goes through this, but um, the very first time I had my first show, I can't even go back and listen to it. I sound so monotone and like so nervous and I over edited the fuck out of it. And it just sounds, it's, I mean, it's not terrible, but I, I think so. <laughs> so there it is. <laughs> first time you received a note from somebody saying, wow, you've changed my life. Oh my God. Yeah. That happened. I want to say near the end of the first year that I had my show and um, I 
I was, it was so unexpected. First of all, I didn't even know anybody was listening to the show. Um, so that was surprising. But then, um, he, yeah, he was this guy and he was like, I, you've helped me to accept who I am as a cuck. And I, I thank you for that. And you've changed my life. And I, I've had many, oh, it's just amazing. I've had many, many messages like that since then. And it's just like, wow, I actually have been able to accomplish this in my life where I have unintentionally helped people in this way. And that, that's like pretty amazing. First time you realized that you were the voice of cuckolding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, probably the very first time somebody called me an expert and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> me? <laughs> I'm not an expert. That's literally what I said. I'm not an expert. I know some things, but like, I'm not an expert. But yeah, that was, that was really weird. I was like, oh no, there's no way. There's no way. And then people kept kind of referring to me as like that. And I was like, okay, well, fine. If you say so. <laughs> when I first got to know you, you had the most beautiful smile. And that's about all I ever saw was the smile first moment you thought of showing your face and what it meant to you to finally show your face to the public. Yeah. Yeah. That was big. I had veiled my face for so long. Um, really afraid of my safety stalkers and crazy people. Cause I've had my fair share of that and it's scary as fuck. And so I just, I really didn't want that. Um, so I veiled my face and yeah, I just, you know, it was really weird because like, I never considered unveiling, um, until like, it just like popped into my head one day and I was like, what if, you know, what if and then I it immediately followed the thought of like, oh, fuck no, <laughs> that's really scary. And then it was just one of those things where that thought kind of lingered for a while. And then I thought, well, I wonder what might happen. And so the smartest thing that I could think of doing was to talk to some women who had unveiled themselves and do show their face. And uh, so I was like, okay, I'm going to ask them like, so what's the worst that has happened? Cause I really need to know. Cause in my mind, I, I'm going to the worst. Like I'm thinking crazy shit's going to happen. It's going to be really bad. But for the women that I spoke to, it really wasn't that bad. And so like, okay, well, maybe, maybe this is just really inflated in my head and I feel like it's bigger than it actually is. And even though, you know, these safety concerns are legit, maybe it won't be that bad. And, and all throughout my journey in all of this, I've really kind of um, trusted my gut when it comes to things, trusted my sense of what would be the right decision. And, and there was something alarming about the fact that I, my, my, my heart was telling me like, you should do this. And I was like, Oh, but I'm scared. <laughs> so I thought, I just said, fuck it, I'm going to do it. And I was like, honestly, just terrified. And then um, it was like a month of where I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to unveil myself on a live hangout in front of all, all these people and I was so nervous going up to it and when I finally like pulled the camera to my full face and I'm like here I am after that I was just, I, it just felt like a relief 
I just felt like so much better afterwards. But one of the things that I did at the same time when I did unveil myself, I said, look, all of you people, mostly men who consume the everything that I put out there, please just have my back. If I do inherit some psychotic people who want to kill me, please just help me out. <laughs> so I felt a little bit okay with it. But yeah, it's been great since then. I haven't had any weird crazies. Please, if there's anyone listening who's a psycho, please don't just take that as an invitation. <laughs> but <laughs> Oh God, I hope they're not listening to my podcast. Jeez, what does that say about my podcast? Ah! <laughs> I doubt it. But um <laughs> But yeah, it's been great. It's it there. I haven't had any major issues. In fact, it has been quite um, interesting because I I I don't know if I've kind of inspired some other people to do the same. But it has been a little bit of a ripple effect in that way, and I think that's really cool. First time you received a nomination for a national podcast award. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, that was the Canadian podcasting awards and um that one is very interesting because like with some podcasting awards like fans decide who gets to win like it's however many votes you get from fans this one was not this one was only people podcasters who have podcasts in Canada can vote and that's it just the podcasters so I was like okay well I'm not gonna um win this because I have barely any listeners in Canada even though I'm here <laughs> So, but it was so flattering. Honestly, it was so cool. I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. That's like a little bit of bragging rights. Like I was nominated. That's pretty fucking cool. That's wonderful. And so many success stories for the woman known as Venus. And when we continue on what women and other wonderful humans want, we're going to talk a little bit about the podcast and also get up to date on my lessons in cuckolding. When we return on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky, with special thanks to Kinkster Merch on Etsy. Empowering designs for fetish models, doms, sex workers, or anyone else who needs to be seen as their authentic selves. Visit the What Women Want podcast store at Kinkster Merch on Etsy to see those and other wonderful designs for all kinksters. Now, back to the show and more with our guests on what women and other wonderful humans want. Thank you, Nookie, and welcome back to the program. I'm joined by Venus, the host of the Venus Cuckoldress podcast. Saying hello there, Nookie, brings back some memories because Nookie, who is the founder of Dating Kinky, was the one that introduced us. Yes, she's so awesome. I love Nookie. And uh, she's probably one the one of the most hardworking women I have ever met in my life. And she's just she's amazing. I love her. We discovered each other on episode number 22. When innocent Catsuit, who hadn't done a lot at that point, wanted to know what cuckolding was. <laughs> and it turned out that that episode 22 was the highest rated show we ever had. Really? There have been two major shows. It was you and Temptress Raven Eve. Uh, the Temptress's show was so big because it was on YouTube and it was on the YouTube Dating Kinky channel. And they none of the YouTube flags got it. It just went out. So it was like everybody was able to watch it. 
And then the wow. second time we did it, they age restricted. Sorry. <laughs> and it's like, okay. Yeah. But for the audio podcast, yours did like 3000 on the first episode on the first week of the first episode. And I was like, this is a media machine I had on. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag the Venus effect. <laughs> That's right. How much has things changed over the past three years in what you're able to do for the community? Wow. Yeah, it has been quite the journey. I would say things have changed a great deal. Um, I'm still doing what I'm doing. I love talking about cuckolding relationships. I love talking to cucks, to people curious about the lifestyle. I, you know, <laughs> I have a lot of fun with it sometimes. And <laughs> I just, I really do thoroughly enjoy what I do. That part hasn't changed at all. Um, I did go through a period of time where I felt like I was getting um, burnt out or just overwhelmed with the amount of stuff I had taken on <laughs> even though it's my full-time job it it was it seemed like it was getting to be a lot so I had to kind of cut back some things and create some boundaries for work-life balance and since I've done that it's been fantastic but I have really enjoyed um getting to know my fans that has been amazing that was awesome i used to be with patreon fuck them i'm not a big fan i think they're a bunch of little bitches in their little cubicles telling ladies like me that i'm too risque for patreon um but they they came down on me like for the most ridiculous shit and i like i'm a, i'm a pretty easygoing person and i was like all right i'll follow your rules like whatever you say and then it was just like one thing after another after another after another and i'm like why are you saying this about my show when there's like a hundred, I'm pointing out all these other shows doing the same thing. And they were just, they were just assholes. So they, um, they, I was like, fuck it. I, I want out of here. I'm, I'm getting rid of Patreon, which is one of the best things I ever did, even though at the time it seemed pretty terrifying. Cause that was like my livelihood, you mm -hmm. know? And I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I ended up like creating my own site where I have everything, all of my fan subscription tiers and everything on my own site. Um, so I don't have to deal with them anymore. And one of the things I did was start to um, include a, 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 a supporter tier called the Helpful Cucks. <laughs> and I was just like, one day I'm like, God, you know, I was so busy. I was like doing all this stuff. I'm like, I can really use some help, you know, help with some things. <laughs> And so I'm like, I, I bet there's some people out there who might want to help me. And so I created this tier, just kind of like, whatever, not really thinking that it would do much. Um, but it ended up being like the best thing I could have done because it, I have these like weekly live hangouts with these, this is for a fairly small group of people. And they help me with like ideas for the show or, um, ideas for the podcast or, um, outfits for my dates or like whatever fun stuff, you know, and whatever I need help with basically. And, um, but I've thoroughly enjoyed getting to know them and I have these like even private chats with them that I, that I can do now too. Um, and so that's been amazing. Um, and I think that I have, I, I, I like, like I said, I was getting overwhelmed and it was just a bit much. So I've kind of cut back on some things and I'm kind of thinking more of like um, community more, like fostering a sense of community within this lifestyle as being my main focus right now. And I'm really enjoying that, whether that be 
um, a community on my website or or through like private on my private Snapchat group with my supporters or on the Mon app, which is where I've been a lot lately. <laughs> Are you familiar with the Mon app? I am familiar with it. Yeah, it's great. Um, <laughs> I I do enjoy having conversations in there uh, there and connecting with people there as well. So um, there's been a, like a, lots of different like trends and things like that, or uh, different thing projects and everything like that. But I don't think things have changed a whole lot over the years. You talked about community. I know that this podcast, it serves the community that we do, who are sex workers, kinksters, doms, content uh, producers, and all the people who engage in all of those things. There is a certain fascination about hearing the authenticity in people. I do it for the community, as you very well know, because this isn't a full-time job for me, but you have been able to make it to where you can dedicate your time to the community. Other than monetarily, how has it paid you back? Oh my God. <laughs> it's been, it's been incredible, really. Um, to be able to, like we said, we talked about earlier, um, have an effect on people's lives. That's been so incredible. I did not realize in the beginning that there was so much crushing shame and self-hatred that a lot of cuckolds have or guys who are interested in this kind of fantasy and they they just they hate the fact that they're into it. And it and the message from what they told me, and I didn't even fucking realize this, but the message that they've been receiving through whatever online had always been that cucks are weak, the pathetic piece of shit, like, you know, just the butt of the joke, you know, that kind of like it's an insult and everything like that. And um, and that's all they knew. And so it wasn't until I realized that that I was and uh, People were saying, I, to me, I, I've never had someone say something nice about me like that. And I'm like, what? Like, what? <laughs> and when I found that out, I was literally heartbroken because I was, I was just crushed that so many people, so many guys were walking around with this kind of debilitating shame and self-hatred about this. And I was also just really sad that it had gone on for so long that they hadn't been um, appreciated and no one had said anything nice. Like, so um, that has been such a, um, a big thing for me is being able to have that impact on somebody's life. That has been, that's made me feel really good about myself and happy that I'm doing this, you know? Not in the cuck lifestyle myself, but I do have a great deal of compersion for others. I have a great deal of appreciation when others can have what they want and others can feel the joy of what they want. Now, it's not in a cuckolding relationship, but it's like when I see a wonderful couple engaged in a beautiful scene. I used to think it was envy, but it's like, wow, 
I am so happy you have what you have. I'd like to have it eventually, but that doesn't take away from you. Envy is when you want to take something from somebody. I don't want to take from you. I have great compersion. And it finally gave me a word to be able to express how I feel. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about that word and how it has become such a part of now vocabulary of kink and how important it is that people understand just what that is. Yeah. So this is like, I didn't, well, one was, I don't remember the, when I first heard of that word, but I was like, wait, what is that? Where's Google? Like, I need to figure out what this is, you know? <laughs> but then I, you know, more and more people were using that word and it comes up often in cuckolding, um, especially in hot wifing, um, because this is, this can be a big part of it for some people, especially for the guys who really don't get off on the humiliation, teasing kind of fun little game of that they do get off on the compersion part of it um and so there can be the that can be a big part of it sure like there's also a lot of guys who really do get off on like the the teasing part of it mm -hmm. and it's it's fun game but like the compersion part is still there it has to still be there because this is a you know a partner who's giving his girlfriend, wife, partner, whoever it is, uh, this gift of sexual exploration, her own sexual exploration, whatever that may look like with others. And in doing so, that's just such a selfless thing. And what I've, what I've heard from, from so many guys that is that in the beginning, this is about his fantasy. And he just really wants to get off on seeing her with somebody else. And anybody would probably agree that that's the typical definition of cuckolding is watching your partner with somebody else. And it's sure it may start out like that, but there's so many guys who actually say, I got to witness my wife or partner just step into her own power, her own sexuality, her own confidence. And that has been incredible. That to them gives, brings them more, more joy and a sense of uh, fulfillment than her sleeping with other people. Like the whole fantasy of it just pales in comparison. So there's that aspect to it as well. And um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a very unique thing. This compersion thing. It's, it's popular. Like you said, in kink, it's po popular in cuckolding and hot wifing. And it seems to be like a more routine thing. I will say, when it comes to cuckolding, um, because it seems to be such a um, a male-driven fantasy, a male-driven agenda in just, it just does. It is like that. <laughs> as much as I'd like to think it's all about her and it's about us, it's a lot of the time about what he wants and that this, you know, is something that is born out of what he wants. Um, I would hope that compersion be a part of that. I would hope that it is not just about feeling good because I got what I want. There are words that I live by from a very religious person, but a very well-known motivational speaker named Zig Ziglar, who said, you can get everything you want if you just help everyone get what they want. Oh, 
Yeah, that would apply to cuckolding. <laughs> yes, it would. <laughs> yep. And I think that he would probably uh, be quite shocked if he ever heard his words used on a kinky podcast talking about cuckolding. <laughs> How the sinister. Joy, the joy that the woman gets and the fact that they can be authentic and the man can see from the outside things that he could not possibly see in in an intimate way. Mm -hmm. The things that you miss when you're not face to face, the things that you can pick up on that I could only imagine just make the one-to-one -one sex life even better because oh, yeah. now you've seen how they can perform or act or just be themselves. You see all those little nuances and you go, I want to take advantage of that. that <laughs> yeah, it is. It absolutely elevates your relationship on in such a way that's just so thrilling. And it, well, you do have to, like any other kind of relationship, but especially anything in kink um, or where you're bringing any form of non-monogamy into the relationship, you have to have that really solid foundation to start out with. I mean, it's impossible to do it any other way. And um, I think that when you do it that way, you start with that like incredible bond that this just like elevates it. Like you were saying, you would miss out on those other little things if you weren't, if you weren't there or if you were there, the part of the fun part of cuckolding is everybody, oh, so many people just focused on him watching her. Oh my God. I would say 80% of all the fun happens when he's not there. <laughs> It's the getting ready for it. It is the build up to it. It is the what happens afterwards. Like you're saying, it just brings these two humans together who are just like wildly now wildly passionate for each other. And the amount of trust that goes along with that. I remember my first cuck boyfriend after our first cuckolding experience, he said to me, I, I've never trusted you more than I do now. And those were true words from the heart. And he was just sharing what he was feeling at that moment. And that's exactly how he felt. Like I really feel intimately, emotionally trusted right now. And that's something special. That's something that you don't get on just like regular everyday life. <laughs> this, this kind of relationship takes you there. And that's the part I think most people don't realize is that if you sure it's hard for guys, they get in, stuck in their head, they're, they get insecure, they get they you know, all they have these angsty feelings about cuckolding and stuff like that. Like, it's not easy. But if they only were to lean into it, they would realize what's on the other side is pretty fucking amazing what this does for you and your relationship or could is so amazing. Just lean into it. Just wait till you see. It's worth it. We define ourselves so much of the time, we meaning the world, by what others think. The average person, when they hear about cuckolding, would go, oh, no, that's uh, no. Average person, when they hear about kink, oh, no. But as they start to appreciate it, as they start to understand what it's about, suddenly it feels like we're the normal 
and the outside world become strange because they're all following a voice that's telling them what to do. And we're following the voice that's in our heart and soul. Mm -hmm. You had a situation this week where Twitter X, whatever, tapped you on the shoulder and went, we don't approve of you. I'm sure you had two different reactions to that, one being anger, the other being misunderstanding. Which was more powerful? Anger. I was pissed. <laughs> I was mad. I was pissed off. I mean, this is not you know what it's like, like for anybody in the sex positive space. And I mean, anybody, I mean, this could include anybody, sex educators, people with sex friendly, uh, like products, entrepreneurs, like sex counselors, like, you know, <laughs> sex colleges, like, like, I mean, like everything to anything to do with that word sex, um, you are at risk of being canceled on literally everywhere. And so it happens on such a regular basis to have uh, for me to have my 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 social media posts removed, everything is taken down or whatever for I swear to God, it's almost a daily occurrence. I get something, oh, another day, another shadow ban. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, when Twitter did, I was kind of pissed because I had really made an effort over the years to bring some dialogue and conversation some depth of of conversation to the cuckolding space which cuckolding or t twitter x or whatever the fuck you want to call it um has been like the fucking bowels of cuck porn forever like this is not the place or where just people... plain porn yeah any porn yeah Exactly. This is not the place where most people go to have like genuine conversations about cuckolding. This is the place where people go to wank. Like this is wankland. And so for me to purposely not post that and for me to go in there and just be talking about things and, you know, asking people questions and, and, and really, you know, dialoguing with people on there instead of posting the tits and ass pics and stuff like, and for them to come around at me and say like no we've shadow banned you because you're inappropriate I was like fuck you <laughs> so mad but I it has sparked a great discussion within the the sex positive world like or as the community anyway so far it sparked a great uh, um conversation about this being a trend that this is trending in a real direction that is to me seems alarming and the strange thing about it is we're entering a time where it is more and more mainstream than it's ever been, especially right. in regular media. I actually went back and watched an old episode of Silk Stockings with Mitzi Capture and Rob Estes, and they would talk of about things like S&M. They were part of the Vice Squad for a long time. So they talk about S&M and BDSM and uh, even hot wifing, I think was probably in there somewhere. It was just called something different. Yeah. And that was back in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And nobody batted an eye because it was regular entertainment. Now in the age of books being pornographic, 
Leonardo da Vinci being pornographic. Being pornographic. Right? Um, I got shadow banned on, uh, on Instagram and I said, I'm a podcast. How am I soliciting sex? There's no, there's no And I'm a 60 year old male appearing person too. You can appeal that all you want. They don't give a shit. They actually reversed it. <laughs> oh, lucky. I said, Every time I've I am appealed. A, I, and be, I do identify as gender fluid, but I said, I am a 60 year old fucking male who is a podcaster who interviews people about authenticity how am I soliciting sex? We're very sorry. Uh, we will reinstate. <laughs> now, that says something. Because I said I was a guy, maybe they went, oh, that's perfectly fine. That, what yeah. are people so, and I'm, I'm going to use the word, what are people so fucking afraid of? I would like to know the answer to that. Because I am at a loss as to where all of this is coming from. I, I like I said, it's alarming to me that that you can't even say the word, even though we take all of the precautions, you know, you know, mark your 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 content as explicit, you know, mark it as for adults only. You do everything that you're supposed to do, and yet you're still you're still in trouble for it. It's like for saying sex, like what? <laughs> I don't know what, I don't, I, I honestly don't know. I don't know if it's like uh, a lot of really great lobbying on behalf of the religious right. Like I, I have no idea. Really don't. I think it may very well be that the tradition of marriage and the tradition, tradition of one partner through your entire life is becoming something that people don't want anymore. That they realize that marriage for one group may be very good and they may live a long life and they may enjoy each other. But some people aren't built for that. I know that within the kink community, I see a lot of polyamory involved and I'm still trying to wrap my arms around what I call the biggest Jenga puzzle in all of relationships. Because you just remove that one little piece and uh-oh. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but in the case of cuckolding, it is an agreement. It is something that everyone concerns wants. Who's to judge what somebody wants in the privacy of their own home. And we can go back to, to ancient Egypt for all of this, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But what are people so fucking scared of? I really, I don't know. I, I recently listened to a podcast that just came out. It's a investigative uh, um, reporting, a kind of series called The Grapevine mm -hmm. uh, through NBC. And all my God, John, I was fucking shook. This is about uh, what the religious right is trying to push and, and accomplish be, to save the, whatever, what do they call it? The sanctity of marriage or whatever sanctity the fuck. Marriage, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that, like, obviously, I don't even know what the fuck it's called. But <laughs> to 
to say that because like maybe people are, oh, for sure the religious right is afraid that that's being deteriorated, that all of this talk of sex is corrupting minds and especially children and everything else. So um, I listened to that show and I was just, no shit. I lost sleep over it. I did. I was, it was one of those things that you listen to and you're like, oh my God, I can never unsee that, you know, that, that, that's disturbing to me. So who knows? I think I've mentioned this story once before, or I might've edited out of a previous podcast, but this is how crazy the world is right now. I have a dear friend who traveled to Utah to visit her family. The family is Mormon. However, the daughter of the family came out to her aunt and said, you're the first person I've felt safe enough to come out to. I can't even talk to my mom about this. And my friend who was the aunt said, you have nothing to be ashamed of. You're living your genuine life. Your mom did things in her teenage years where she was exploring things. Don't you feel bad about it one bit. Word got to the mom that she had come out. And of course, there's no way you can be gay. You're in the Mormon family. The other part of the conversation that the niece had with the aunt was that the niece had found dad's sex toys oh. in this patriarchal Mormon family. And the sex toys were for a male submissive. <gasps> oh, shit. Well, that'll flip things around a little bit. <laughs> My friend is not talked to by her sister anymore. Oh. She didn't do a damn thing other than listen. Yeah. And so I, I think the reason I tell that story is the hypocrisy is everywhere. That one has so many different layers to it. Mm -hmm. Yet when we live our authentic lives, you said, when I showed my face, it was such a relief because you could be authentic. Yep. When I appear at FetishCon and people are coming up to me, hey, Catsuit, how are you? Oh, you look so good in that outfit. And I am the happiest I have been. Why can't they just let us be happy? I know. It seems like so simple. Just fuck off and let us live and be happy. I know. I, I yeah, it's all so very disturbing. What can we do to help support our communities more other than basically let them know you're not alone? That is a very good question. And that is exactly what I asked myself after I listened to that podcast. Um, I was like, okay, I'm an ally for the LGBTQIA, um, lots of letters folks. Um, I've always been an ally. I've always considered myself an ally, but now that's not enough. 
uh, it's not enough. It was so that was such a disturbing um thing that I I I learned through that um that podcast that I was like I no I you, I can't just sit by and say well I'm an ally. I actually need to do something. So what I did right after that, like the very next day after I didn't sleep that night was, um, I was like, okay, I need to find out where, who are the, um, the groups locally that I need to join. I need to join these groups. I need to find out what they need help with. Um, I need to connect with people who need someone for support or if I, you know, whatever I can offer, I need to do that. And so um, I just did some Google searches. I did some Facebook group searches and I just joined a bunch of groups and I was like, all right, I'm an ally. And at first they were like, kind of wary, like, who are you? And are you sure? Like, <laughs> you know, cause like they have to be careful because yeah. there's psychos and stuff that want to fuck with them. But I was like, no, I promise it's just me. And um, I'm really glad that I have done that. I've been, you know, getting newsletters from different groups, figuring out what's going on. And unfortunately there is some really ugly stuff happening here in Canada, um, anti-trans, um, anti-gay, lesbian, bisexual kind of rhetoric going on and protests um, going on, especially, you know, and this is like right out of the American playbook of like showing up at the school board meetings and taking over school board spaces. And like, I mean, I was like, what the fuck is happening here? Like, I cannot sit by and allow this to happen. So I think that as, and a friend of mine told me this and I, I, I was like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. If you are a naturally very tolerant person, you're tolerant of others, then you're going to tolerate these assholes who are, you know, being assholes and we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't just tolerate it. We shouldn't just be like, oh, well, you know, they're doing what they're doing. I don't agree with it, but whatever. I think now is the time for people to actually say no. I will not accept this. We will not accept this kind of hatred and bigotry and intolerance in this society. And so you actually have to be a vocal ally. You have to put yourself out there. You have to actually help. I think the verbiage on how we connect with people who are not necessarily of the same gender or the same orientation or sexuality is we have to realize that it's not good enough to accept them. We have to start embracing. Absolutely. Yeah. There are those of us who have embraced for an awfully long time and it's, I I always laugh because, and I even told the story today because I'm in corporate training now and work for a, a pretty big size corporation. And they we they were asking a little bit about me, and I said, "Yeah, a," and again I identify as gender fluid, but some people don't get that. So I I said uh, I identify as a sixty year old male appearing person and yet this 60 year old was the one that made sure that preferred pronouns were on every name tag of every new hire that came through here and they're like what i said because it means something yeah 
And unless people of my generation start realizing it means something because our kids are the ones that are affected and our friends are the ones that are affected. Mm-hmm. Yes, eventually we'll all die off and younger people will take over. That's perfectly fine because they get it. Yeah. But I'm hoping for those days where we don't have the craziness. I'll give you a funny funny story before we go to break. I have often wanted to go, and I don't live in Florida, thankfully. I have a lot of friends there that I love. Love the people, hate the politics. I would love to go into a Florida school board meeting and say, you know, there is this book that I keep on hearing about that talks about horrors and talks about rape and talks about pillaging and has such amazing violence and it even involves uh, a what seems to be a very kinky scene where they decide that they're going to uh, do severe needle play on the person and it ended up killing them what's that book sir it's called the bible sir are you going to ban it I I actually saw a video of someone who did that exact thing. I want to get the link to this. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't remember where I saw it, but it was so classic because apparently some woman had come up to the mic and she said the exact same spiel towards some stupid book that, you know, she wanted banned. And then the guy afterwards came up and he said like almost the exact same thing, but he pointed out, this is from the Bible. (laughs) Bible must go. (laughs) And how do you argue that? (laughs) And we're not in a war against people who are religious. I mean, my son is born again. He doesn't push it on me, but he understands who I am. And recently I had to come out to him as gender fluid and kinky because he said, dad, you're traveling all over the place. I'm not exactly sure what you're doing. And I said, do you want to know? He said, okay. And I told him, he goes, well, I'd rather not hear about it. But, you know, if that makes you happy, that's what makes you happy. And I want you to be happy. So that's just an amazing uh, acceptance that I appreciate. My daughter figured it out when she was taking psychology class and said, Dad, we're we're studying BDSM. I think you know something about that. And I went, excuse me. Uh, yes. I've uh, I've actually heard several stories recently of people who are in the lifestyle and they've come out to their adult children and they were terrified of it and you know this was something that was for a long time very very scary and very very hidden and it went really surprisingly well and not weird and was the kids were like whatever um <laughs> it's all good and they were like well why were we so you know, worried about that? I mean, these are adult children, so that's appropriate. But, but still, I think that's a great sign. That's really good. You're right about this. This generation, they, they, they just get, they get it. Like they understand things on a very compassionate level. When I came back from FetishCon last year, uh, we had a meeting of all the leaders in this one department. We wanted to go out with each other socially. And I literally got off the plane and came to this 
this gathering of my coworkers. And they're going, what were you doing in Florida? <laughs> I said, I was at a conference. What kind of conference? I said, you all are going to learn a totally different side of me if this con this conversation continues. And they said, no, go ahead and tell us. I said, I need your consent that once you hear this about me, you will not decide that I am some totally different person because you all know me very well. They went, sure. I said, I just got back from a kink conference and they went, oh my God, that's awesome. Did they were, were they like, give me the details. <laughs> and they wanted details. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing that I found so refreshing about that is one of them says, I don't get it, but it made you happy. Yeah. And what made me happy more than anything was being able to live authentically. Mm -hmm. I've gotten to the point where I'll wear, um, I'll may wear sweatpants and a t-shirt, but I'll wear my cat suit underneath it. And I don't care. It's under armor. If somebody asks, no big thing, but just the fact that to live our authentic lives, what, what happens when you tell people, who may not know, but ask a lot of questions. So what your podcast about? Oh, no, come on and tell me what your podcast is about. Seriously, what's your podcast <laughs> about? And you finally go, okay. <laughs> what's the reaction? Yeah, I really haven't had any weird reactions at all. People are curious to learn. People are curious about what it's all about. And of course, I speak about it in a very kind of like normal ass way. I'm not like, Oh, you know, be, be careful. This is really weird coming up, you know, like uh, you might think I'm real strange and stuff. I, did, I don't know. I'm just like, you know what? I'm talking about this form of non-monogamy where women get to really have it all and, you know, have their cake and eat it too. And, and they have this loving, adoring husband and they still get to explore. They get the, this like incredible gift of sexual exploration with however they want. They're like, Oh, well, that sounds like amazing, <laughs> you know? So I haven't had any weird or strange reactions. Granted, I'm not out there telling church groups what I'm doing. So uh, audience is important. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you what's going on here, yeah. <laughs> boys and girls and non-binary pals. I can only imagine a preacher saying that. I'm not going door to door like Jehovah's Witnesses, like trying to sell the cuckolding thing to mono monogamous couples. <laughs> Ariel Anderson could tell you a little bit about the Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, by the way, if you haven't picked up Ariel Anderson's book about being a Jehovah's Witness that turns to kink, it's an amazing read. You all should. Uh, and she's been on the podcast. So go back in the archives. And when we go forward in this show, like that segue, when we go forward in this show, we're going to talk about Venus connections when we get back and how you can get everything you want when we come back. We are proud to be the official podcast of FetishCon. And we want you to join us in St. Petersburg, Florida, August 8th through 11th, 2024. The trade show brings together models, producers, industry leaders, and fans from all over the world and brings you great classes in kink or how to become an industry professional. You can get all the details 
at fetishcon.com. Welcome back to the program. I am John, joined by Venus, the host of the Venus Cuckoldress podcast and the founder of Venus Connections, which is a private matchmaking service to help you get everything you want and dreamed of. And I understand you're actually helping people in a different genre, so to speak. Tell me about Venus Connections. Yeah, so it is, I, I think, the only kind of program in the world that I've heard of so far anyway, and it's been a couple of years. So <laughs> um, it's a private matchmaking service for singles who are looking for a loving cuckolding relationship. That was what it was um, that was what it was started for. And, um, so it is, it is not for like couples who are looking for bulls. People get that confused. Sometimes this is for people like myself who are single, who have may have had this kind of relationship before lost a partner for whatever reason it ended, or they're curious, uh, and they feel like this would be something that they would really like. So this is for somebody who wants to date, but with that in mind, um, to have that, you know, down the road and after establishing a, a real relationship. So it started with the cuckolding and it is now, it now includes a uh, female led relationship program as well. So two different, similar, but different programs. One can include FLR, um, and cuckolding. Um, but the other one is strictly monogamous. So it's just female led relationship. And um, I had people who were requesting that they were like, well, I'm not so sure about the cuckolding part, but I'm definitely sure about FLR. So I was like, okay, well, if you want it, I will create it. <laughs> so that part's fairly new. Um, but it is completely private. It is not a dating app. It is not you're not scrolling through profiles. There's no public information at all. So when someone joins, they buy a membership, they fill out a detailed questionnaire about who they are and, and what they're looking for. And they're not allowed to lie about anything. You have to be entirely honest. And in the dating world in kink, that can be tricky because people are used to being very holding all their personal information very close. Discretion is super important. But with this, because everything's done behind the scenes and I'm the only one that gets this information, I'm like, you You have to be completely honest with me. So you fill out a questionnaire and then there's actually a course that you have to do. So everybody's on the same page, understand why we're here, <laughs> you know, what the challenges are, what we can do that's going to make things easier for us and that, that kind of thing. And then everyone has an interview with me. Um, so I interview every single person in the, in the program and in the interview, I'm kind of clarifying what they're looking for and getting to know them a little bit better. And then after that, if I have someone else who I think would be a good match for them, then I will pair them up and it's a blind date. It's a blind virtual date. So that in itself is like unheard of in this day, but, <laughs> but it's actually really fun. So it's just a 30 minute first date. It's basically this opportunity to just figure out like, you know, am I feeling this person or not? Do I want to invest my time with this person or not? It's a very, very safe program for women. Very safe. And it is, um, and it's great because I vet all the people. So if you're not really serious about this, you're not going to get through that whole process and then, you know, be matched with somebody. So 
it's only people who are really serious about wanting this kind of relationship. And it's a very niche kind of boutique kind of program. And so there's, there's not a lot of people in it, obviously. I mean, this is, this is just a small part of what's going on out there in the non-monogamy world. Um, but the gender imbalance is challenging. There's definitely a lot more men interested in it than women. So ladies, ladies who are listening, we're single. <laughs> if you think you might want this kind of relationship, please know that you have a lot of choice when it comes to dating. <laughs> the female-led relationship part obviously would appeal to me as far as the interest that I would have in what you do. How do you know if you have a good guy that is a good match for somebody? Uh, it's a bit of an art form, really. <laughs> Sometimes I can match everything up on paper perfectly. And then these two people have this virtual date and there's just no spark or there's no attraction or whatever things I don't have control over. And then there's things where people don't line up perfectly on paper, but I have this feeling that they would be a good match. And in that case, I'll reach out and say, Hey, look, I've got this person who I know you said you didn't want this, but I think they'd be really good. Do you want to just do a 30 minute date? And usually they're like, okay, yes. And a lot of the times it works out. So it is a bit of an art form. Um, sometimes I get it right. Sometimes I don't, but <laughs> I try my best. <laughs> I think I asked this of you back 170 episodes ago, but I'll ask again now, what can guys do better? What can guys do better? Um, when it comes to cuckolding, guys really do need to see beyond their own fantasy and really need to work in some compersion into it <laughs> and, and focus on her and let her just, please just, just let go of those little strings of power that you want to still hold on to because you're afraid that if you let them go, that you will be disrespected or lose something of yourself. Don't be afraid. Just lean into it. Let go and give her the reins and lean into it and just see what happens because like it's pretty amazing on the other side. <laughs> Um, when it comes to dating, though, guys, single guys, please, we see you. We see the fact that this is hard for you. You have some insecurities and you get nervous and you get cold feet sometimes. But please know that on a massive scale, what guys are single guys are doing when it comes to dating and cuckolding is ghosting and no showing. You have to stop doing that, please, because that is a big reason why we don't have a lot of single women. We're looking for this kind of relationship because that's not fun to go through. I appreciate the frank advice there. <laughs> Venus, it is always amazing getting to talk to you. As I said at the beginning of the show, you are my not only a wonderful podcaster, but you're my friend. And we're not going to wait a uh, 170 episodes before we do this again. There are so many different things that you do talk about, and we will revisit some of them. And maybe we will get that cuckolding panel together again, because that was another big thing, because people enjoy hearing about this. Yeah, and so yeah. I always enjoy, like I said, it may not be what 
I know or what I may be interested in. I've never had the opportunity to be interested in it because I haven't had the person to, well, you understand, but um, I always enjoy talking about it with you and I just enjoy spending time with you. Thank you. I'm so, so happy to be back. Yes. And it has been a minute, so we need to make sure it's not going to be that long till we collaborate again, because this is always so much fun. I think you're, you're such a wonderful person and the perfect person to be hosting this show on this topic. So thank you. (laughs) It's always amazing getting to talk to Venus, being able to visit with her after all these years is a true joy. And what you don't know is she's been one of the biggest supporters of this podcast since day number one through today. And I can't thank her enough. Have you missed an episode or want to catch up on our nearly 200 episodes? All our shows are available in the archives. And here's what's coming up on the next edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. She's an internationally traveled fetish model who's been published in multiple adult books and magazines, including Penthouse. The Pittsburgh native started doing bondage videos in 2008 and has quickly accumulated quite a bit of experience in multiple genres, making her one of the top performers in the industry. We visit with Nixon next time. Again, thank you to Venus for being a part of this particular podcast, and we look forward to visiting with Nixon next week. I'm John, also known as Hi There Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time, and I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. Join us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1 on Instagram at What Women Want Podcast, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at www.podcast. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by kinksters for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free.